from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting today from the Mercy One Studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulus, and today I am joined by my good friend, Father Nicholas Akindili. He's a priest of the Diocese of Davenport, and we will be discussing the first in a three-part episode on Cardinal Sarah's book, The Day is Now Far Spent. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle and be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I mentioned, the other side of the break, uh, we're going to jump into the first of a three-part episode on this book, uh, The Day is Now Far Spent. I've listened to podcasts where I think they have seven or eight episodes going through this. It's about a 330-ish page book, and every every page takes time to chew through uh, because he's just so deep. Uh, it's, I used it over the course of months in the morning, uh, was just a highlighter uh, during my prayer time. I would I would sit down for about ten minutes every morning with this book after I do my my prayer my silent prayer my Bible reading, and it was just a really good reflection uh, over the course of those months. It's just, it's very similar with this previous book, uh, The Power of Silence. Uh, he just really speaks a truth of what the the, the mission and the 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 vision of the church is uh, in the twenty first century, and so it's it's a book I can't encourage you all enough to get. Uh, and to read and to pray with. And again, as you heard me over the last few months, just mentioning excerpts of it here or there, uh, his vision is so clear for what the church should be. So I'm excited to dive into this uh, into this book, into this the great writing of Cardinal Sarah. And I'm excited to do it with my friend, Father Nicholas Akindili, on the other side of the break. Stick around, and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, we try to give you all options and information that would affect the comfort of your home. Do you have an AC that is over 10 years old? Did you have trouble with your AC last year? Chances are high that your system is using an old style of refrigerant that's no longer made. So to go along with our regular $99 Gold Club membership, we're offering you a free leak search. So don't get caught hot and let Golden Rule make sure you are ready for summer. Go to GoldenRulePHD.com. Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. My help comes you. right here. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I am joined by Father Nicholas Akindili. 
Uh, he is a priest out of the Diocese of Davenport and a good friend of mine. Father Nicholas, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Joe. So nice to be here with you. So, for our listeners, can you give us a bit of a background? How did you find your way to Davenport, Iowa? Oh, <laughs> that's a nice question. Actually, I was uh, originally I'm from Nigeria. Uh, so, in 2014, my bishop gave me permission to go to uh, Belgium to study at the Catholic University of Louvain. So, I went there to study canon law. So my second year, the university requires us to have internship, you know, judicial internship and administrative internship, one month each. So I was looking to go to the UK, uh, but I had a friend here in Davenport, a priest of my diocese in Nigeria, and he, I just offered to, uh, to speak to, you know, Monsignor Jim Parizic somehow about me. And I, I was not intent on coming to America, actually. Uh, because it's easier to get to the UK. But anyhow, uh, he spoke to him, and then, yeah, connections started building. One, he went to the university in Leuven himself. He studied canon law. He worked in the tribunal for 25 years, and he said, okay, let's have him. So that's why, you know, how I got myself here, first time July 2016, and then I went back to conclude my canon law degree, after which I wanted to do a doctorate degree in canon law still. And uh, I didn't want to hang around the computers, but I wanted to have opportunity, you know, for parish life and ministry. And so I contacted the diocese, and they said, okay, come over. So here am I around the Mississippi. <laughs> and I think we've probably known each other that whole time. Uh, gosh, it feels like we've been friends for at least four years. So, sure, uh, sure. Uh, we've gotten to know each other just from you know my in-laws there in, in Davenport, and Father Nicholas mm-hmm. is just a great man, and it's been a, a blessing to, for me and my family to get to know him. And one of the common interests that we like to talk about and share uh, over a glass of wine, uh, or whenever we're talking, uh, is about Cardinal uh, Cardinal Sarah. Um, and you have you have an affinity for him, uh, being a priest from Africa, and he kind of being the the preeminent cardinal, I guess, uh, the, yep. the spokesperson for almost the continent of Africa. It feels like. Um, you know, I first, and my, my listeners know, I first fell in love with him uh, in his book, The Power of Silence, which I know he has, the, there's a, a, the first book, he kind of wrote, th- wrote three books uh, with, with Nicholas Diot. The first mm-hmm. is God or Nothing, the second one was The Power of Silence, and the third one is The Day is Now Far Spent, which is the one we're going to speak about today. But there's, there's an underlying theme to all of them, but when you and I are back, uh, when we're together, it, it almost invariably comes up that we speak about Cardinal Sarah, how long have you been a fan of his, and, and really what brought, what brought you to his writings? Um, I think it's sometime in 2016, I went over to, no, 2015, I think, 2015, I went over to Rome, you know, to be part of the um, uh, Jubilee Year of Mercy, inaugurated by Pope uh, Francis, and... Uh, before that time, I had already got connected with his book, God or Nothing, and I read it and it actually introduced many of my friends, you know, to read it. I bought even copies for some of my priest friends because, you know, it just like gelled well with me, you know, uh, for the problems and situations of our church and our world. Uh, but I had a great opportunity to now just see him walk into his office. You know, I jumped out of the car, you know, had this selfie, you know, prayed together with him. He said, pray for me. And I said, pray for me too, you know. And it was, so I have that picture sitting on my desk, you know, in the office. So that connection just continues that way. Uh, 
That's that's awesome. And I think when we talk when we talk together about the stuff he's written uh, and the things he says, I mean, I think he really speaks for you and I in so many in so many ways. Whether it comes to just uh, the presence of God, the the necessity to bring God back to the forefront of society, uh, whether in the Catholic Church when he talks about the liturgy and the importance of good liturgy and the importance of devout prayer and silence and all the themes he talks about are things that you and I, you know, I think value very highly and he just happens mm-hmm. to he happens to articulate it in a way that is just so eloquent and it's just beautiful uh and so let's let's jump into the book you know so i i, I sent father nicholas a, a handful of my uh my favorite quotes and when i say a handful i mean i'm talking seven six seven pages of quotes so mm-hmm. again the book that we're going to talk about today is called the day is now far spent and it came out earlier this year and the book itself more so than his other books is a compilation in my mind of of great other other great thinkers uh, and writers, and he, and he brings them together with his own thoughts. Most notably, Pope Francis, Pope John Paul II, and Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict being uh, the most quoted person here, and then also a handful of, of other theologians. But right off the bat in this book, on page 15 in the inter- introduction section, he says, this book is the cry of my soul. It is the cry of love for God and for my brethren. I owe to you, to you Christians, he is the only truth that saves. The church is dying because her pastors are afraid to speak in all truth and charity. We are afraid of the media, afraid of public opinion, and afraid of our own brethren. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Father Nicholas, that yeah. that makes me think of you. That's something, oh, that's something you would say. It, it's uh, <laughs> incredible to put it this And You see, the truth is being assaulted. The truth is being lowered. Actually, the human society today wants to obliterate the truth. That is the tragedy. That is the great design of the one who speaks from the pit of hell. The evil one wants the truth, the truth about the dignity of God, the truth about the love of God, the truth about the cross of Jesus. Because when the truth is wiped out, when the pulpit is abused, because there's a, the, the first thing that happened is not just about the clergy sexual abuse, which is crime. The first thing that happened was the abuse of the pulpit, where truth was not coming out. The fountain of truth, the fountain of living water was assaulted. St. Catherine of Siena said, preach the truth as if you had a million voices. It is silence that kills the world. So, so that's what he is speaking about. The, the truth in the media and the, the shepherd, he speaks about the shepherd because the good shepherd came to give his life. He who wants to save his life, Jesus said, will lose it. If the priests, the bishops of the church are afraid of speaking the truth, then the life of the church will be lost. The dynamism, the dynamic life of the church will just filter away. And then men and women, young and old, will not be drawn into the attractive beauty and the awesomeness of the church. That's what we see around us today. And the, this book, again, that's one of the first major quotes of the book uh, that, that mm-hmm. stuck out to me. But the, the rest of the themes and what you just articulated it is 300 pages of that yep. unloaded. And so 
he really does hit on a lot of the major themes uh, of the church and the problems in the church today. And he doesn't, he does not hold any punches. So right at the beginning, he talks about the spiritual and religious collapse within the church and, with, and from outside of it. And he talks about the crisis of faith, the crisis mm-hmm. of the priesthood, the crisis of the church, and just talks about, uh, again, I think he does not, he does not hold back um, from his brother priest and from the, the laity, uh, you know, right on, Early on in the crisis of faith, he says, faith, he says, Dear friends, your pastors are full of faults and imperfections, but despising them is not the way to build, the, to build church unity. Do not be afraid to demand of them the Catholic faith, the sacraments of divine life. We, as the laity, have the responsibility to not put up with uh, watered-down Catholicism. We need to be asking for the, the full faith, the truth of the faith. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, you know, I'm a canonist, you know, and so clearly the canon law tells us, canon 203, canon 204, tells us about what, you see, we have discipline about the sacraments. You cannot belong to the church and wish to be run by another kind of policy or way of life. It is either we take what it is or we just, you know, I'm just trying to get yeah, he said the Christian faithful are those who, inasmuch as they have been incorporated into Christ through baptism, have been constituted the people of God for this reason, made sharers in their way to Christ's priestly, prophetic, and royal function. function. They are called to exercise the mission of the church that God has entrusted to the church in the world in accord with the condition proper to each. The church, the, the lady, has a right to sacraments, to a form of governance, to worship that is due, and the teaching. So there are three things, governance, teaching, and the priestly ministry. Those are non-negotiable. Those are the rights that have been given to us and privileges given to us by our baptism. Because at our baptism, then we are incorporated into Christ. We become members of Christ faithful, both priest, prophet, and king. Those are integral. They are, you know, they are the ground norm, so to say. And we cannot, we cannot, we cannot adulterate them, you know, or infiltrate the church with, you know, anything or ideologies that are personal. No, Christ died for the church, not theologians. No. He goes on. He goes on to say from from mm-hmm. that, and to your point is, you know, we can't water down the faith. We mm-hmm. have to. We have to live out uh, our our mission as priest, prophet, and king. And he says here on page twenty five, it says, "Faith is contagious. Mm-hmm. If it is not, that is because it has become insipid. Faith is like the sun; it shines, it lights up, lights up, radiates, and warms everything that gravitates around it. So, faith should be contagious. Our faith should be contagious. If it's not." That is because it has become insipid. It, he goes on to say, faith grows in an intense life of prayer and contemplative silence. It is nourished and strengthened in a daily face-to-face meeting with God and in an attitude of adoration and silent contemplation. It is professed in the creed, celebrated in the liturgy, and lived out in keeping the commandments. It achieves growth through an interior life of adoration and prayer. Faith is nourished by the liturgy, which I think is very important here. Faith is nourished by the liturgy. By Catholic doctrine and by Catholic tradition as a whole. Mm-hmm. So what he what he gets at here is, we we are called as people of faith in living out our mission as priest, prophet, and king to 
to have faith. And how do we grow faith? He says, well, first off, prayer and silence and contemplation and adoration in celebration of the liturgy and keeping the commandments. And again, I think when he talks a lot about liturgy, we can get to that later on. We'll just talk about right praise and liturgy and how what, what the vision of, of liturgy is. But right there, he kind of gives us a formula to how to reinvigorate the faith. What do we need to be doing to have that faith? And, and Father, again, just knowing you, you you don't hold back. Uh, you have a your you do not have an insipid uh, prayer life. Your faith is contagious, and it's great to watch that uh, through you. I, mean, I think I've seen it uh, in your own life. Just curious on your thoughts on that little section on on faith and how to grow the faith. Yeah, you see, our faith is given to be received. Hebrews chapter eleven verse one says, "Faith is a gift of God." That makes us to believe without doubting what God has revealed. You know, St. Paul says, we walk by faith, not by sight. So faith is given. St. Anselm himself says, theology is faith, seeking, understanding. So it is not something we create. It is not a human creation. It is a gift, a gratuitous gift from God. And so if it is a gratuitous gift, it is to be lived by immersing ourselves in this sacred liturgy, immersing ourselves in the creed of the church, immersing ourselves in adoration, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, where we get a connection with the sacred heart of Jesus, the heart that burns, that is Thirsting for souls, whatever human beings create fizzles out. Only God's creation endures. The church flows from the Eucharist. This church is a, uh, is, 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 is created by the Eucharist. And the, the, without the church, there's no Eucharist. Without the Eucharist also, there is no church. The priest lives completely to be a custodian of that Eucharist, places where Eucharist is not celebrated with contemplation. Having the fourfold design and ends of the Eucharist in mind, adoration, thanksgiving, atonement, and petition in mind, then the Eucharist loses its favor. The Eucharist loses the adventure and openness of, our, of ourselves into God's sublime trinity, God's sublime holiness, because we are there to sleep, we are there to, 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 to drink from the font of life. So, so the liturgy is a complete, that's the source and fountain of Christian holiness. Source and fountain of Christian holiness. You know? So if that is not the case, and we as a community try to make it look like a celebration between an individual priest and the lay community, trying to see it just like a meal or a social gathering or a teacup or a kind of club. Or... No, then we ruin it because we are not making the we are not leaving the mass as an extension of Calvary. You see, so that's that's where we you know somehow uh, we're, we're we're kind of trying to to miss. You know, and, and, and then what happens? Grace will not flow. 
Once grace does not flow, we can see in the life of the priest who is celebrating in persona Christi, altar Christus. We can see that himself is not even convinced. How many young people will want to go and live a life that is unconvinced, a life that seems not to have joy, a life that seems not to be filled with happiness, a life that does not reach out in generosity. The pastoral life of the church flows from the Eucharist. Once we miss it, in, we, once we miss a total good, clear, beautiful celebration of the Eucharist, allowing that grace to flow, oh my, I hate to say, there is no life in the church. There will be no life in the church. And I think when we talk about the crisis of faith, that's an important thing, is getting people, as, we, as we've seen, just studies come out, uh, mm-hmm. uh, as far as belief in the real presence and things like that. That's obviously something that we as a, as a, as a church need to work on. Uh, we need to work on how we, how we explain. Uh, but then also, I think we also have to show the beauty. For me and my wife, I know that this, you know, being away from the Eucharist so long during quarantine for us, it, I think it helped kind of reset us uh, to say, gosh, you know, I, I didn't realize how much I was going to miss it. But I think mm. as, a, as a church, we need to, I, again, just listen to your words. Our listeners can hear the passion in your voice. We need to have that. Uh, a quote that... Uh, Cardinal Sarah takes from Pope Francis is we can talk as much as we want. We can build as many, we can build many things. uh, But if we do not profess Jesus Christ, things go wrong. We may become a charitable NGO, but we are not the church, the bride of Christ. We need to be proclaiming Christ. Anyone can do good things. We can be, you know, we can do good things and we should be doing good things. But if all we're doing is just doing charitable works all the time, we're just a charitable organization. We're not the bride of Christ. We're not the church. We need to be proclaiming Jesus. Uh, also, I love that he ends this chapter with, uh, again, we're talking about the crisis of faith, and he ends the chapter with, in a world of, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a quote from Thomas Stearns Eliot, and said, in a world of fugitives, the person taking the opposite direction will appear to be running away. Mm. And I think that's, that's the church today. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. My help comes from you. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks again to Father Nicholas. Uh, it's, again, as I mentioned, there's so much to chew on uh, in this book, and we've hardly made it out of the first couple chapters. Uh, a couple things that we didn't talk about that I think would be pertinent here is there's a quote on page 39 uh, that Mother, it said, Mother Teresa stated that without intense burning presence of God in our hearts and without the lives of the profound, intense intimacy with Jesus, 
We are too poor to take care of the poor. Jesus, present in us, is the one who presses us towards the poor. And without him, we can do nothing. And then a few pages later, he says, The refusal of God's infinite love, this refusal of God's infinite love, this contempt, is sin. Sin deprives us of life and chains us and rivets us to earthly things. On the other hand, through prayer, which is personal, real contact with God, we can get out of the world. The themes in this book, and Father Nicholas and I, when we chatted offline about this before the show, talked about how he a lot of the themes from his first two books are, are kind of encompassed in this. And one of those is getting out of the world. And I think it's, it's harder than ever when we're chained to iPhones uh, and just the demands of the world and the distractions around us to do that. But that means it's that much more important. How much more important is it us for us today, living in the world, to get out of it through prayer, through contemplation, through adoration? Make sure that we're taking time. I know this is a struggle for me. I mean, again, I got four kids, one on the way, and it, it's in a job. It's just not easy to do. But I think that's why we, living in America in 2020, need to be proactive in finding the silence and getting through prayer, real contact with God. Thank you for joining me on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulus, and it's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.